0: All of you are searching for significance. You're searching for a purpose. There is a passion and a yearning that says to you, there's more to this. There's more to this. God never intended for us to just exist. God provided for each and every one of us an opportunity to do something that he has positioned us to do. Have a call on your life. It's my passion to see you connect with your passion. It'll change your life. One of the things I've really attempted to do throughout these podcasts and the occasional video that I put out is relate information that I've gathered through my experiences throughout the past 30, 35 years. And, you know, some of, it, some of it just comes out the way it is. Some of it may be expressed through a level of frustration. And I know I've mentioned upteen times in the past, and I'll, I guess I'll continue to make this statement. The, the things I have to say aren't, aren't directed from such a platform that completely discredits the church. That has never been my intention, and I apologize if any of my statements have come across like that over the past, and yet I feel there's such an urgency for individuals to speak concerning those things that they see or that really impact their lives in such a way that if we don't share it, then not everybody's going to understand it. So my my reason for putting this one together today this podcast this video is simply to talk about the prophetic and that is that can be a hot topic for a lot of churches that can be something that people gravitate towards and that they find themselves just enamored by those that bring bring prophetic words. And I've I've seen that for so many years. And those of you who know me personally or know me by just an an acquaintance, you you understand that I flow in the prophetic. And, you know, that's something I just don't go around broadcasting just because you get funny, funny looks or you get people following you for a word. And so there's there's pros and cons to the whole dynamic of the prophetic, and what we've seen over the years. And you know, I, I grew up in the church. When I say grew up in the church, I didn't come into the church until my early twenties when I when I got married, and I found myself embracing and enamored at some points about the prophetic and about the individuals that will bring prophetic words. And it just, it captivated my attention uh, to, to the point where I, I started to hear things for myself. And I guess that's one, one aspect of the prophetic that I think we, we need to really bring clarity to that, is the fact you don't have to be a prophet to speak prophetically. When the Spirit of Christ resides within you as a person, when you accept Jesus as Lord, that comes with a whole arsenal of uh, abilities and revelation and understanding. It comes with the Holy Spirit. It comes with the, the... the ability to pray and intercede, it comes with the ability for you to go around and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It comes with that aspect that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead resides within you. So the things that Jesus did, he said that we would do and even more. So you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. You don't have to even have the gift of prophecy to prophesy because you can speak from a level of edification, exhortation, and comfort. And these are things that we don't often find coming out of our mouths, especially when we interact with people that may agree or disagree with us. When we interact with social media and it gets, it rubs us up the wrong way and we get, we get put out, we get um, we get offended, we get disturbed in the things that we see, so we don't hear ourselves bringing forth any kind or any level of edification, exhortation, and comfort and I'm sure if I was in some of your homes and in a past time, if you were in my home, we would see those little symbols that would come flying out of somebody's mouth all that. Actual tone that we see on tvs the bleep because somebody used a not so nice word. And so when we speak about the prophetic, we can all prophesy. I mean, Scripture tells us that because of the Christ within us, we can speak comfort. We can speak creativity. We can speak uh, an, an, ex, an exhortive, is that even a word? An exhortative? a word of exhortation <laughs> into somebody's life that gives them great courage and encouragement. And when we come alongside somebody who is in need, we can, they can have a confidence and a comfort knowing that there's somebody that's thinking about them, somebody that's praying for them, and maybe somebody that really empathizes and understands what they're going through. When we talk about the prophetic in the church, and this is something I have been involved in for for so many years, and I I believe I have credibility to speak about it and not wanting to be contradictory towards it. So some of the aspects about the prophetic in the church have become very regulated And what I mean by that is it has to meet certain criteria and certain protocol, which in a lot of respects is good. Because when you open up the platform or you open up the pulpit, a lot of time can be wasted with individuals who really don't have a prophetic word. They just want to talk. The other side of it as well is that you want to be able to check the word first when you're in leadership before you allow somebody up there. Because, again, the prophetic can be a little convoluted when a person functions either in the gift and sometimes in the office when they bring their own emotion, their own feelings and thoughts involved into it. But on the Opposite side of that, with all those protocols and uh, checks and balances in place, it also uh, resists people who who feel that they have something to say but are afraid to say it because they don't want to make a fool out of themselves or become embarrassed. And so, you know, we have that um, scales that's always lopsided, one side or the other. There never seems to be a clear, defined area of balance. And by not allowing people to exhort their gift or um, give of their gift and come under teachable people, come under people that want to really nurture them and have them grow in the gift. Well, the other aspect of this is, oh, what's all these pieces and parts? I'm getting towards something, okay? Actually, need a drink of water, to be honest with you. Now, the other side of it is when I grew up inside the church for so many years. And I say inside because that's where I would function and operate. That's where I would find my place to to be able to speak to people, but also speak from a platform environment into the lives of others or corporately. And that to me was, there was comfort in it, but there was also a level of fear and trembling. For those of you who flow prophetically, you'll understand what I mean. But the problem that I encountered over so many years, and I was unaware of this. I really had not really, really understood it to the degree that I do now is that the only time, 99.5% of my time, when I would bring a word or the Lord would speak to me, it was in an environment behind four walls in the church where it would be speaking to believers. And so there's a level of satisfaction and comfort there because you are in an environment that expects this to take place and that embraces it, you know, whether you get, whether the word gets recognition or an applause or not, not that we should be looking for that, you're still in an environment where there's greater comfort within you that even if you do screw up, there's only a, (laughs) there's only a few people that first of all are able to see that you screwed up and hear that you screwed up, and will probably pull you aside and say, yeah, you kind of, Made a mess of that one. Okay. It's not out in the general public is what I'm trying to say. But when we are developing a kingdom mindset, when we are wanting to see culture transformed with a kingdom environment, then we have to become very accustomed to and used to bringing words out in the marketplace. Now, what does that really look like? Because I'll I'll be honest with you, if you went up to somebody on the sidewalk and started to declare to them, thus saith the Lord in a King James version or dialect, I know, I used to know an individual years ago that was an American gentleman, but would prophesy in a Scottish accent. Well... I'm not sure about that. I'd never come across anybody else that did that, so I'll I'll leave it be. Plus, it had the King James version attached to that as well. That tongue in cheek, you know. I'm trying to make light of some of this stuff. I think we've come to the point where we have so much Christianese and Christian dialect within us that it's very difficult for us to carry on a conversation out in the marketplace, out in the workplace, where when God brings something into our spirit that is a right on word or a right on declaration, we really don't know how to say it. Because like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, if we come at it from the standpoint of God's given me a word, and you're around a bunch of individuals that I say, what do you mean God gave you? God speaks to you? What do you do, just get out of the psych ward? You know, that's the way some of them think. If you approach it a little bit differently, you can still bring God's word without sounding religious. How do you do that? Well, some of the things that I've encountered over time is when I'm in a restaurant, occasionally I will get a thought or a word, or a feeling towards the person attending the table, waiter or waitress, and I usually ask permission, but I usually stand. I usually make this, the the statement of, can I ask you a question? I yeah, I, I saw something about you. I I got a picture of 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 you. You know, you you were doing something. And do you mind if I share that with you? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to hear things for people's lives. You, know, you, you can put God in there real briefly if you want. And more than not, the person will say, yeah, sure, go ahead, feel free to share it. And I do. And that always opens up the door to if, you, if, the, if the Holy Ghost within you says, okay, talk to her about me or talk to him about me, then certainly, you know, walk through that door, see where it goes. If you don't get that green light, it's okay. It's okay to give a person in a non-church environment a word from God without sounding Christianese, without sounding religious, and not lead them to Christ at that particular one encounter. You never know if you'll go back to that restaurant and meet them again. You never know if you're going to bump into them in the street. Or you never know if they see you from a distance and, and come running, running up to you and say, you're not going to believe it. That word, that, that, that picture you described to me, that happened last night. It's unbelievable. How did you know that stuff? So you wait for those, initi- um, not initiation, but an, an initiative to further that conversation. And I think so many of us feel guilty that we only get one chance to talk to a person about Christ. And if we don't lead them to Christ at that particular point, then we're like, oh, it's another lost soul. And then we go home and beat ourselves to death because we missed an opportunity. You didn't miss the opportunity because it talks about in Scripture about there's one that plants a seed, then there's another one that reaps, you know. Sometimes you reap a seed that's been planted in somebody's life, and other times you plant a seed for somebody else to reap from it. So you, you have to uh, be able to establish that level of understanding and comfort in your own mindset. And I talk about mindset because that's what gets us into trouble. We're so used to being in church, speaking church, speaking Bible, quoting Scripture to people that either don't like church or they've never heard about Scripture or they've never heard a word from the Bible and you come along with this, just this foreign language to them, which to a lot of people it becomes. Or if you interject, oh, this is the word from the Lord, they're like, yeah, go away. You're just another one of them Bible bashes. But this is something that you have to be sensitive to and you may be in environments where you where you're not allowed to speak the lord's name you know some of the people that were in scripture they had to be very careful on what they said where they said it and how they said it and so i mean look look at esther she had to really grow in that ability in that gifting before she could present fully present God's intention to the king. So don't be embarrassed. Don't, don't feel bad if, oh, Lord, forgive me, I didn't mention your name. Did you bring my word? Well, yeah, but I didn't put Jesus on the end of it or God in front of it or thus saith the Holy Spirit in the middle. Okay. It's okay. It really is Okay. Don't feel bad about it. Jesus knows the intention of your heart. You're not embarrassed about him, but you know that there's certain places that you can't just go in and start blasting people with words from God and coming out in that Christianese verbiage because you—they're going to go defenses are going to go right up. I know you know it because some of you have already encountered that. But you build relationships, you build capacity within yourself to have faith, trust in God, and trust yourself to bring the right word. But you also bring credibility and ownership into the life of another individual by being around them, by saying, Good morning, how are you, how's your weekend, how's things going. And in just being a friendly, smiley face, sometimes that's enough for a person for you to start off or for them to start off with a great day. Monday morning at eight o'clock, you walk in and, hey, good morning. good to see you. I hope you had a great weekend. We'll we'll catch up in a little while. But it's it's good to see you. And you got a smile on your face and they're like, oh, they don't have the Monday morning blues because everybody hates Monday at work. Well, so people tell me. And so when it comes to the aspect of the prophetic, we have to learn a new language. We have to be able to go out into society and bring an encouraging word, an, ex- an exhorting word that blesses a person without pinning them into a corner, beating them over head with the Bible, and quoting the King James through a prophetic word. It's okay. We have become so programmed and so, so almost animated, anxious, intense, that, you know, we're, we're slicing and dicing people with the sword. That Oh, this is the word of God. It's a sword. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? David found out that the end of the tip of the rod, when it was dipped in honey, was very tasteful and very pleasing and very sweet. And we have to present God with, they want more. They have to be able to understand that we're not coming at them with a judgmental eye gate and with a a pontificating voice that leaves them devastated. Because how is that from God? It's not. When, when we find ourselves in culture, when we find ourselves maybe in the store or Barnes and Nobles or grocery shopping or clothes shopping or whatever it may be, you may be triggered to be compassionate towards a person. You may you may be touched by the Holy Spirit to just bring an actual word to somebody, and. By all means, go ahead, because if you don't do it, you, you're going to feel bad. But you're also hesitant because you're like, oh, what if I make a mistake? I've got to apologize. Well, you're not going to know until you know that you're going to have to do it. And if you don't do it, you're going to feel bad for yourself. And then if you do it and fall flat on your face, it's okay because God trusts you. Do it again and do it again. You're not going to get it perfect the first time, so don't even bother trying to get it perfect for the first time. I've asked a lot of people over the years in restaurants, uh, excuse me, do you mind if I ask you a question? No, no, go ahead. Do you know somebody by this name in your family? No, no, I don't know them. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe it was somebody else I was thinking of. So, and you just, okay, I missed it. Carry on. I'm not going to go home and put on a <laughs> tear all my clothes off, put on a loincloth and be in the corner throwing ashes over my head because oh my god, I offended God. Now shut up and st- <laughs> you're okay. Relax. Relax. We have become so oh my god, over the years I I was that way myself, so rigid and just Argh. but we we gotta relax. We 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 have the Spirit of Christ in us, we have the ability to be a blessing to other people and their lives. We we are an encourager, we are ambassadors, we are diplomats that can go out and make a difference wherever we may go. Just put a smile on your face when you do it. And laugh and joke with with, with, with people at work and you know, I know there's you got to keep it within certain parameters. I understand that, but enjoy life and enjoy, enjoy God. Uh, I think the church has, has made God look like some hatchet guy that if you're not right, he's going to kick you to the curb and you, oh, you you know you you sin, depart from me, you useless, worthless person. God doesn't do that, especially for those who are, who are in Christ, because He loves us so much that it's. <laughs> It's very difficult for us to really, really mess up so bad that God cuts his love off for us yeah, I mean I, I don't know if it's possible, but back to the prophetic voice within culture, and especially when when you are involved in um, companies or with your within your employer's business and <clears throat> whether it be a corporate business or an individual sole proprietorship, there are times when God will speak to you concerning the environment or concerning maybe a shift in that business culture or a a word for uh, maybe the CEO or the VP or one of the supervisors or something. And it, it may be a creative solution to a problem that they've been encountering. And you see, again, with the prophetic, we have just allowed it to stay in one particular stream or one particular trench in that we we think that when we prophesy, it has to be to a person or a group of people, but that's not the case because you can have an innovative strategy. Or a creative word that brings a solution to a payroll payroll problem, a solution to a computer problem, a solution to a an issue that is within the medical field, in science and research, and people have not found the solution, the antidote, the the um, vaccine, or the answer to this problem that is just. You know, people are going out of their minds because they're looking for this answer and then they have nowhere to find it. That's where you come into the picture because when you look at certain things and when you have a heart that beats towards these, these areas that you have this driving desire, that you have this passion for certain things, whatever it may be, then there's there's an empathy, there's an extension of the love of Christ within you that wants to see that situation, that problem, and that fixed, and that question answered, and a solution brought. And God is very much about that because he hardwired you that way. You can go into a situation and look at something and or or a whiteboard, and they've got all these numbers and equations, or they've got these graphs, or they've got these words, and they're strategizing and they're doing this. and you could go in with a dream or a vision that you had just before you walked in that door or during the night or over the weekend, and you look at it and say, "Wait a minute, if we take this area and put it under this particular branch of the department, and then we take that one section here, put it up there, then we can create this kind of a flow in this level that would transition through here back to the... And you would have a blueprint already laid out in your mind, and they'd be looking, oh, no, we can't do that, because. and then they look at it again and say, that might work. Wait a minute. That's the answer we've been looking for. How on earth did you come up with that? And therewith, you can either talk to those people individually aside, or if it's an open door, hey, I have spiritual intelligence. Whether you want to believe me or not, God speaks to me. Or, I see things. I'm a seer. No, you're not a psychic, but you're a a seer. You see into the supernatural realm. You see spiritually. And, you know, a lot of people, that stuff's out there. You know, the New Age stuff and the psychic stuff. it's, It's nothing new that these people haven't, quote, heard. But they've not necessarily heard a church person bring an answer to a problem. So... You know, you just say, well, I'm a spiritist. Well, you are, because the the spirit of Christ is within you. I'm a spiritist. I'm a seer. I'm a spiritual seer. I'm a spiritual ambassador. Whatever term God says, hey, just use this until you get more of a relationship and build more credibility and capacity with these people. So I hope hope within this uh, podcast video, that I'm able to shine a little bit of a light on the personal experiences I've had coming up and through and out of the church and seeing the things that were done a certain way, that it, it, it works good for a while, but there's so much more for us to do. We, if, if you only have a prophetic voice that speaks with inside the four walls, I want to ask you to develop that gift to go outside of the walls. And that's going to be quite a stretch for you. Why? Well, first of all, there's no choir singing. There's nobody playing on the keyboard or the guitar. or there's no worship service. It's you and the Holy Ghost. It's a raw deal. And I used to, many years ago... And I, I made comments about this, and I would use it almost as a crutch. And I felt that I could never bring a word unless a keyboard was playing. And I'm not sure what that was all about. Maybe it was a, a comfort blanket for me. Maybe I had my Linus blanket from Charlie Brown that I, it made me feel good. Or, because. You know, I guess with David and Saul, David used to play and the Spirit of the Lord used to come upon David and Saul. And so I get that. I'm not downplaying that. But when you're out in the marketplace, you can't expect your choir to just jump up out of the middle of nowhere and start singing a hallelujah chorus or a keyboard player to be following you around with the anointing of the Lord. You're going to have to know how to tap into God's presence when you feel that stirring come upon you and be able to be propelled in that word to encourage an individual in their life. And it takes trial and error. It's something that uh, I need to step up within my life and do that. I mean, I have a lot of people that I know and interact with at work. I mean, you know, I, I bless them. I'm a smiling face. I'm an encourager, and, you know, I just... I speak words of edification and comfort and exhortation into their lives. And, but there's only a few times where I've really brought a word that I felt. And, you know, whether they received it or not, it's not, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to be obedient to God and bring that word. And just just leave the King James out of it for now. All right. God knows your heart. He knows your heart better than you do. So it's okay. And just cast off the guilt. Cast off those things that try to condemn you because there's no condemnation in Christ. And so anyway, I keep rambling on here. I'm going to cut this now. And I appreciate you guys listening. I hope this has helped. I hope this has encouraged you. And I hope this um, gives you the permission to go out and feel confident that I can encourage somebody with a word from God and I don't have to use all the religious verbiage. All right? God bless you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Paul Barrett. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us and continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page, The Destiny Tribe. You can also visit us at www dot dot com, and if you are enjoying this podcast series, please make sure that you subscribe to it. Thank you.